Kaladin stepped forward, dazed, raising his hand towards the hilt of the blade. He hesitated just an inch away from it. Everything felt wrong. If he took that blade, he'd become one of them. His eyes would even change if the stories were right, though the blade glistened in the light, clean of the murders it had performed. For a moment, it seemed red to him, stained with Dalit's blood, Torm's blood, the blood of the men who had been alive just moments before. It was a treasure. Men traded kingdoms for shard blades. The handful of dark-eyed men who had won them lived forever in song and story. But the thought of touching that blade sickened him. It represented everything he'd come to hate about the Light Eyes, and it had just slaughtered men he'd loved dearly. He could not become a legend because of something like that. He looked at his reflection in the blade's pitiless metal, and then lowered his hand and turned away. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book One, The Way of Kings. Spoiler warning for chapters 47 and 48 of The Way of Kings. If you haven't read that far in your book and uh, you definitely don't want to be spoiled, I would suggest going back and reading and coming finding us later. If you are all read up and you've read these before, then enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and with me today is our resident jamologist. Shalon should have taken his advice and stuck with blueberry or black currant. Oh my god, it's Jack. What's up? Hey, how are you, sir? Oh my god, I am jonesing to talk to you about these chapters, dude. Oh, buddy, it's been a while. It's been a, been a it bit. It's been We've uh, got through Christmas. Merry, merry, merry Christmas. Yeah, this is the um, uh, this is the you. second. By you saying "Merry Christmas," this is the second for sure time that I can remember where the audience is going to be able to really d- be able to figure out when we recorded these. There was like episode <laughs> right. nine, I think. I was all like, "Hey, I just finished watching the Toronto Raptors get kicked out of the playoffs by the by the Boston Celtics." <laughs> And I was, and then I listened to it when it came out, and I went, "Oh man, that's like three months ago or two, two months ago or something." Jack right. and I, for transparency, Jack and I um, are we're trying to record as much as possible when we have the time to be able to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Doing this one time a, a week isn't really setting well with us. So we, when when we first started this, we were like, "Let's record as many chapters and many episodes as possible." So sometimes we'll talk about stuff that doesn't necessarily line up with when you're listening to it. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so you want to get into uh, this or uh, what? I want I want to jump into this. I really do. So, uh Storm ble- we're going to cover Storm Blessings, which yeah, chapter is 47. chapter 47 and 48. So Storm Blessings and Strawberry. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. So the first thing I got to say about these two chapters, um like wow, back to back page flippers for me. Um, it's crazy. Both of these both of these chapters I just couldn't stop. So as I was telling you this morning, before we jumped on, uh, I didn't take very many notes, so sorry about that. It's okay. Because it's just, it was too good. Um, 
So the last few times uh, this happened where the, you didn't take as many notes, we we, uh, we were able to do it just fine. So I don't, I'm not too worried about it. All right. Well, uh, th- these events take place one year ago. And this mm-hmm. chapter 47, Storm Blessing, starts off with Kaladin uh, in Amaram's army. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's, uh, um, the events... Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that he's like... Um, sitting around and he's looking at a rock that he's turning over in his hand. Yeah. Um, the the same way yeah, that Tien would look at rocks. He's like looking at the, um, the, the, the quartz and the light and how it sh- shapes its color. Right. And, um, we're reminded in these moments that, uh, you know, that he had this brother that he loves and we don't know until right. a little bit later, but that Tien is already dead in this timeline, this one year ago. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my, my, I I thought to be honest with you, because the timeline was getting closer, Mm -hmm. um, to when we first started with Kaladin, you know, being uh, imprisoned and then speaking about, you know, Amaram having him, you know, um, uh, branded and, uh, and, uh, obviously removed from his, uh, duty as, uh, uh, as, as being a a part of the army. Mm -hmm. I, I thought this was the chapter that was going to deal with, with Tien. I really did. Right. I, I was like, okay, this is, this is it. Here we go. I'm prepared. Um, let's do this. But it, it doesn't take place in this chapter. Uh, not sure if we ever do get to know, but, um, but what's fascinating about this chapter is, again, you're seeing, you're seeing Kaladin as we started out knowing him right. and also as we are knowing him now in the chasm. Mm-hmm. So... Again, taking care of his men, even though great amongst the great adversity, he's still mm-hmm. struggling and trying to fight for his, for his men. Yeah. Here, it's the same thing. And, and we see him taking on, he's, he's, um, bargaining, trying to get and, and really save these, uh, other soldiers who are, you know, not as tall, maybe not as strong. Yeah. Like not these as young, not 16, as, uh, 17 year old kids. Yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to protect them, take take them under his wing. And this is after Tien has died. So I think the events of Tien losing his brother has really fortified his desire to, you know, again, like, like I was saying, to, to, to save as many of them as, as possible. Right. And so here we see Kaladin at his best in that kind of uh, uh, way the thing as I, he deals with... The th- Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good. Uh, the thing I love about this chapter is that we get a second look at this, these events. So when we first ran into these events, we were seeing them through Sen's eyes, this young kid that Cal saves. And then we mm-hmm. get a chance to revisit these same events, but through yeah. Kaladin's eyes. And um, yeah. I really love this. And now we're informed on like kind of who Kaladin is. And, you know, we've learned right. all about his backstory, about his growing up with his, uh, you know, his father and... And in Hearthstone with um, Wistio and Laurel and Rashon and all this stuff, we have all this like background now on him. And now we get to revisit something we already know about him, but we see already it. Know. Yeah, we see it a little different now, right? We're like we see we see the true Kaladin. Before we only got to see Kaladin Stormblessed, this guy that everyone's talking about. But now we yeah. get to see our buddy Cal, right? Right, and also like the fractured version of him too that's already that's already present even though it doesn't right. seem like it's present when we start you're right like that's that's a really interesting um uh way to 
you know, to, to, to view this chapter is, you know, you, when you get to experience some of his uh, struggles as, as we have, and now when, when you revisit this, uh, you know that inside of himself, he's not this, you know, super confident, no. uh, impervious, impervious young, young man. He's right. actually already gone through horrible, horrible events. It definitely humanizes events. him to us, right? To the reader and, yeah. and like we, you know, we like him a lot more. He was awesomely cool in those first chapters, oh, yeah. but now we know him. Right. He, like he's just the superhero at the start of this thing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the, and, and and then you're throughout the way of kings. You're you're going over like the the the, the shattering of a of a human life, right? Mm-hmm. So, like well, you I, said, um, he's with MRM's army now, and uh, Cal, I think, says or thinks um, there are like six thousand soldiers strong. This army, um, yeah, and he's been with like them that, for four years. So, since that moment where he said, "I'll I'll go with him." I'll go with mm-hmm. Tien. Um, it's been four years since then, so he's mm-hmm. a seasoned veteran of this of this war, of this skirmish, four years of these border and skirmishes. Says here, four years for, uh, and and an eternity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really great. Yeah, I like this uh, this description here. In the near distance, Amram's standard was already flying a burgundy field. Uh, blazoned with a dark green glyphare shaped like a white spine with tusks upraised. And then it says, Merim and Kach, honor and determination. Yeah. Glyph, those that's, are the, uh, the names of the glyphs. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I really like that. And then, and then it's not too long from here that we get an interaction with uh, Kaladin and a character named Gare. Right. Or or Gar, depending on how you're going to say that. Or Gwar, if um, you're a metal or, uh, cosplay. Or dude. Gary. Or G- I guess it's, Gary, it, it could Mike. be Gary. If you're our buddy yeah. Mike reading and you yeah. don't know how to read fantasy names, his name is Gary. 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 Yeah, Gary. Gary. <laughs> this is this is an interesting um, interaction between these two characters. Um, Gare uh, is not really um, that interested in having a conversation at all with Kaladin. Kaladin's approaching because he would like to purchase or rather transfer a soldier onto his, um, amongst his men from, from Gare. Yeah. And Gare is like, Stormfather, man, like, like, why are you pastoring me on a battle day? And Kaladin says, you know, I'm well aware of what's ahead, but uh, he'd still would like to proceed with this transaction. Um. And in so doing, again, as I was saying, like you find out yet another amazing piece of, you know, Kaladin, like even back then, even at this point, after losing his brother, he's, he's fighting for the, literally the little guy, the little guy. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Like metaphorically and literally for the little guy. He's a Cubs fan. (laughs) He is. He is. I like how the guy, uh, this gear guy uh, doesn't want he doesn't like he doesn't want to do anything for Cal. He doesn't care how good no. he is with a spear. He says like I don't care how good you are with a spear. Yeah. Um he's like he doesn't want to do what Cal says mainly out of like principle probably. Just like this, you know, lowly <laughs> dark eyes isn't going to tell me what to do kind of thing. Yeah, he he says um he says well maybe I I I don't want to sell him. Which of course this is the character Sen, right? So mm-hmm. um maybe I don't want to sell him. And, uh, 
And then Kaladin says, you're, you're not selling him, you're transferring him to me. And Gare eyes his pouch and says, well, then maybe I don't like how everyone does what you tell them. Right. I don't care how good you are with a spear, right. like you're saying. My, my squad is my own. And then he says, I'm not going to give you any more, Gare. We both know the boy is useless to you, untrained, ill-equipped, too small to make a good line soldier. Send him to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he actually, I think Kaladin throws the pouch with uh, the spears. Yeah. I think he tosses them at him, and then he, he actually turns and walks away. I love how his interaction with Gare here is very much like his interactions with Gaz. And like, there's gotta be some kind of like Gaz, Gare, there's a GA name in both uh, uh, moments here with these bo- both these two characters. And Cal is literally treating them both the same. He's, he's like walking up to them supremely confident saying, you're going to do what I want and here's the money that's going to make, make you do it. And I feel like this is like... <laughs> You know, he's, uh, um, the way Cal treats or interacts with Gaz isn't anything new. He's been doing this his entire time as a soldier. Hmm. Yeah, I, I really, I, I, I just, I like this interaction, uh, at the beginning. Um, I love what Gary says here that after Kaladin walks away and he says, um, you know, what do these recruits mean to you anyway? Your squad is half made up of men too small to fight properly. Almost makes a man think you want to get killed. Mm-hmm. And remember Gaz said to him too, what do you care? Yeah. Like, why do you care about these men anyways? You can't save them. So like, it's literally the same interaction, just like, you know, a year mm-hmm. earlier. Which is why Cal had so much confidence in knowing how he could deal with Gaz because he said, I've dealt with men like this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's That's crazy. Neat. Just a little kind of little, uh, um, like a through line uh, for Cal's character and how he kind of takes charge. This is interesting. Uh, I, I always liked this too, that, that Kaladin had this opinion uh, about uh, Amaram's army Right. And how, how it was going to be, you know, this, this amazing experience and they were going to be able to increase in rank and go to the front lines and maybe not mm-hmm. fight as much. And you were serving under Amram, who is this, the one light eyes that I absolutely uh, believe and I can admire. Um, he's a man of honor. And when he gets there again on, on, uh, this is early in the chapter, it says the camp was a complete, was a bedlam of soldiers hurrying around in last minute preparations. Completely antithesis to what Kaladin was hoping for right. to, to be, to be a part of, you mm-hmm. know, it's just like, I just, you know, and also I'm a big, big fan of the word bedlam. bedlam. So uh, thank you. And Brandon, we know that, um, while he's here fighting in Amram's army, he's thinking, I can't wait to get to the, where the real soldiers are. So it's happening right. again, right? He's like, this isn't where yeah. the real soldiers are. I thought that the Amram's army was going to be where the real soldiers were, the professionalism. But now I really want to take me and my squad to the Shattered Plains where the real soldiers are, where the real professionalism right. is. And we know that once and he gets there, he's, he's here, all like, yeah. And now that he's in the Shattered Plains, again, he's like, this fucking thing is a mess. Well, it's also, again, like, I love the theming, right? Like, it's this... Like the, the, like the whole wind theme, um, of this, um, uh, this novel book so, so far. far is so present and it actually comes up quite often, I think in this chapter, um, as well, uh, when we get to other events coming up, but, uh, but, but also this, this other part of the theming, which is again, per, uh, permeates, uh, much of what we're reading is this idea of things being shattered. Mm-hmm. Like 
like both physically and with like expectations. Yeah. You know, you're totally right. So I, I just, I love that, that like, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking this way that this is going to happen. No, this gets shattered. This is so, how you, um, shatter expectations, Mr. Johnson. Oh, that's no, that's subvert. Oh, no, there's a, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a different, <laughs> that's another podcast. Uh, um, yo, can we just quickly say that, how, uh, how baller that, uh, that Luke Skywalker line was that without, oh uh, without God. training, fuck man. There can be, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, can, well, come on. I just if want, we're going to talk Star Wars. I want Favreau and Filoni to adopt me. I grew up most mm-hmm. of my life not having a real good father figure. So guys, can you, can you just adopt the shit out of me and like, I'll like, we can play catch out in the backyard. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so that's Cal another goes podcast, to the, but... um, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Um, so mm-hmm, Cal goes mm-hmm. to the surgeon's tents and, um, being there reminds him of his youth. Oh, okay. Right. He, um, okay. Yeah. He, he mm-hmm. starts, uh, thinking about, um, Maybe injuring himself yeah. so that he could end up being one of the surgeons being in these tents. To help out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's but then cool. he's like, he doesn't, he, he's not the kind of person that would do that on purpose. You know what I mean? He wouldn't injure no. himself on purpose just to get out of his duty. Mm. I said duty. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. He's, he's remembering the, the, the advice uh, from his, from his dad. Mm-hmm. You can't kill to protect. Right. And that's haunting him. And, uh. Yeah, this is, this is, this is neat. Um, yeah, Kaladin is, uh, you know, he's, he's still struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thinks he's still to struggling. He's, that he doesn't deserve the life of a surgeon. You know, he, he's hmm. feeling this m- immense guilt about TN and all this other stuff. And he says to himself, I think he, he doesn't deserve the life of a surgeon. Oh yeah, right here. I, 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 I see the line. It says, um, besides surgery was his old life in a way he didn't deserve it anymore. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of heartbreaking, right? Didn't, didn't deserve it anymore. Like it must be the event with, with Tien. It, yeah. It, I, I don't think he's speaking from that point of view because of any failures in the army, because he's not a failure no, in his army. I don't he's think. been he's succeeding like immensely succeeding. in this army. So, so it's. It's Tien. Yeah, and you don't know what that it's is It's Tien yet. or it's other events to do with his mom and dad. I don't know. I don't know. I uh, literally don't know. I, um, so I, he goes, I, I really like, I like this idea. Like he, like he goes to the, to the surgeon because he wants to pay uh, to get first uh, sort of treatment for his men, right? Right. But again, love this. Like what's at the forefront of his concern? His men. Right. You know, what, what's he willing to do to help his men? Pretty much almost anything, yeah. including bribes. Yeah, more than anything reasonable. He does everything unreasonable to oh, protect yeah, his Oh, yeah, I remember that, reasonable? Yes. Yeah. So he does everything that's he cool. possibly can. I like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Anything, re- yeah, that's, that's, that's great. great. That's good. He's, um, and I like this little here, first little bit of the wind, uh, obviously playing a role here. Probably Syl. This is Syl, I think. It's gotta be Syl, right? It's gotta be, but we don't know, because she hasn't, like, materialized as, hey, I'm Syl, how you doing? Right. Um... But he, as he's reaching in his, in his pocket or something like this to get the spears, to get the, the spears. spears out, yeah. um, he, he can almost, like he's getting this like tugging at his pouch yeah. and, and then it, and then it comes free suddenly causing him to lose his balance. And he's like storming windspren. Yeah. They were, they were common out on these uh, rocky plains. I, I liked, uh, I liked that. 
That's we know cute. that um, that uh, Syl told us during the early days she would play pranks mm. on on people. Yeah. So this has got to be Syl. I mean, I'm. If yeah, it's not, it's got to be Syl. If it's not, then it's, it's a huge Syl. coincidence. But it's got to be Syl. It's got to be Syl. Because yeah, we know fun. that she's around during this time. She told us this is around the time she starts like kind of like following him and like being around him. She's told us that in the past. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and, and she, and she plays a role here, like, uh, you know, in being present as these events still unfold. Right. Um, um, yeah, it says, it says here that, you know, like he's, he's relatively protected in Amaram's army. Like his reputation, it says here, uh, sets him apart, um, from him and his men being taunted. So again, like he's an accomplished soldier. Right. Um, it's, it's just, it's so, uh, amazing to, to have a character that, you know, is so well, um, well liked, um, honored by his men, you know, he's an accomplished soldier, but inside just such a, mm-hmm. um, you know, such a, a mess again, like he's, sh- he's shattered inside. He, so um, then he, so he makes his way to the front ranks. Yeah, when he ends up uh, seeing Sen for the first time here, this little mm-hmm. kid that he literally just paid for, he thinks he sees mm-hmm. Tien. Yes, he actually, he actually, I think he mistakes in the in the text. He says it something. That, yeah, he he found okay. Uh, Dalit is saying this to him. He found his way out here just a few minutes ago. Yeah. Speaking about Sen, Dalit said, "I've been getting him ready." Kaladin shook himself out of the moment. Tien was dead. But Stormfather, this new lad, looked a lot like him. Right. I know. That's, uh... And it's like... That's interesting. I think this gets back to how we've we've had this theme before we've talked about how the Bridgemen, um, all look alike. No matter how they look, they actually all look alike because they have this hollow right. look. They have wear the same vest. Yeah. They literally are broken and beaten down. And so I think that all yeah. young men to Cal in this army look like TN because they're, they're afraid. They look, they like, look, they have like their wide eyes shocked and maybe they're slumped over. So they literally physically all look like TN to him. And because right. they're all these young men who were like TN when he first joined the army, right? Probably terrified out of his mm-hmm. mind. So it's, um, yeah, it's cool. that's neat. Um, so we got a scene change here. I think we get a scene change, but uh, but I think they they're going in for a battle, are they not? Yeah, they're um they're like um, there's um yeah it says um Dalit grunted in agreement. The men would know what to do with Sen. All right, Kaladin thought, scanning the battlefield for a good place right. for his men to stand their ground. Let's get to it. And then Let's he get to uh, it. Yeah. heard stories of men going to the real uh, shattered plains, which is what we said before. He wants to take his men right. to the shattered plains because that's where the real soldiers are. Well, the horns blew and Kaladin's squad charged. Right. Uh, cha- point of view changes now. And I'm telling you, man, this is it. The page, the page is just flipped and flipped. Well, and the, flipped. the notes I have here are that in the throes of battle, Cal and, uh, mm-hmm. asks Dalit where Sen is. This is that moment right. we got at Where's the beginning the of the book where the boy gets... Um, he gets separated from the group. He's in the middle. Right. They, they've positioned him in the middle, right? We know that from the yeah. past chapters. Yeah. And then he gets yeah. separated. They surround and, him. Yeah, yeah. And this is Cal's point of view in those moments. 
Um, he right. examines the battlefield. There's, and I love this. There's pain spread everywhere on the field. Yeah. He's like on small the, orange hands reaching up hands, for the ground for the blood of the mm-hmm. fallen. It is yeah, so picturesque. I know. I love man. that. Yeah, I, that's that's a highlight for me for sure um, in yeah. the language of this. But that, but again, it's the like I really admire the way that uh, Brandon, Mister Sanderson, you know, is able to describe this action and uh, and keep you from from one sentence to the next. And and I love the fact that he just you know um, uh, you know builds upon this action and and this momentum mm-hmm. like right right to the end. I just I love it. Yeah. This is an amazing chapter. So Cal thinks all his soldiers in his squad are accounted for except for Tien. Oh, wait, no, hold on. Not Tien. It's Sen. His name is Sen. Right. His he name is Sen. I know. He's still struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he sees him. He yeah. sees him in the distance and he's surrounded by brown, which is the color of the army. They're dressed in green, uh, which is mm-hmm. Sadi's so, colors. So he sees a green green flash. Yeah. Right. Sen had been knocked so to the ground. His spear was raised. Mm-hmm. An enemy soldier slams his weapon down, and he just says, no. Kaladin blocks the blow, def- deflecting the enemy's spear and getting yeah. to a stop. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, is he so just good. goes apeshit on these dudes. He's six, six guys off. Hmm? Yeah, takes them down. Yeah, this is amazing. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> um, oh, yeah, this, this is... Uh, Kaladin... Is this the first time that the wind comes up again? Kaladin snaps his spear into a resting position, crouching with on one foot forward, one behind. Spear held under his arm. Sweat trickled from his brow, cooled by the breeze. Yeah. Odd. Odd. Says here, odd. There hadn't been a breeze before. Now it seemed to envelop him. Okay, so what do you think about that? Is this, so this just is, another so this is innocuous a little... um, wind oh. uh, uh, metaphor that's happening in like this like wind imagery? Or is this sill? Well, I mean, what what my guess as a first time reader has been with with this whole wind, um, I don't know, I don't know what you call it. This the the, the, the rainbow the, connection, uh, the wind, the wind connection, the wind connection, the theme, the um, wind theme, a wind motif. They, I, I think they're working in in concert. Like I, I'm not so sure that Kaladin's actions or accomplishments, successes, mm-hmm. if you will, natural twenties. I'm not so sure if they're entirely his own. Like, I don't know. It, 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 there seems to be an intrinsic connection between the wind or the storm, mm-hmm. if that's a component of the storm, right. and Kaladin and his actions. I would say that's that what that's what I would that's what I suspect. That it's a it's fantastic, and I'm I'm glad you bring it up because I've completely and fully bought into your wind motif. Your th- this um th- this wind is part of the the story. I I and like I said to you before, I had never really fully seen how much it was uh, like stitched into the story, but I would say in this oh, moment, yeah. there is a huge difference between the wind being a presence. And our characters reacting to it going, odd. Oh, there wasn't wind before. Why am I getting a cool breeze on my forehead? There's a huge difference right. between um, the imagery of wind carrying Cal to the Shattered Plains and Shallan to Carbrant. Right. Uh, and the wind literally interacting with our characters in a, mo- right. in a way that they react back to it, right? There's a huge difference but, there. But there, there is. Like, I, I think you're right that there's an increased... Um, what, what would you call it? Like a, 
uh, an increased el- uh, uh, element of intervention. Like, whereas mm-hmm. before, like, it's uh, you, like you step out your door, you're going off into an adventure, you're going off to Carbranth to study, you're going off to join Amram's army, the wind kind of pushes you out the door. Right. There's that sort of gentle nudge. Mm-hmm. And then there's actual, no, you're in battle. Uh, it seems here you're in battle. I'm, I'm going to cool you down. Right. It's like an like, assist. It's almost like, it's like an assist. It's like help, help aid another in 3.5, uh, help action yeah. in fifth edition. It's like a whatever. boxer going you know, back to their corners in between rounds and they're getting patted down with a towel and they're getting a drink of water, yeah. ready to go back out there right. and do it again. Right. So this is, yeah, I really, I love this. Yeah, it's awesome. All six, all six spearmen were dead from this encounter. Um, and then he sees to Sen's wound. So Sen is, is wounded, as we know already, but uh, cut wasn't that bad. He gets out a bandage um, and starts to attend to, right. to Sen. Right, right away. Uh, Dalit and the rest of the team were clearing an, an enemy of uh, an area of stragglers, it says. Um, and then they, they, they view this one guy. He was a high-ranking, uh, high-ranking uh, enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but wasn't a shard, but wasn't wearing shard plate. He wore full plate. He was a rich, a rich, um, uh, person, obviously rich man, silvery steel as described. And, uh, in a heartbeat, Kaladin was back to binding the leg, it says. And then Sen speaks up and says, Kaladin, sir. Um, pointing at the soldier who had stirred, uh, had the boy only just noticed the man? Had Kaladin's battle uh, senses, uh, Ever been as dull as this boy's? Um, Dalit pushed uh, the wounded enemy away. The rest of the squad made a ring of formation around Kaladin. I like this is, I love this. I love how, how they just do this. Um, and I also like how Kaladin knew that, they, that Dalit would do it. Right. Which I think gets, gets brought up in a minute. Um, the rest of the squad make a ring formation around Kaladin, Dalit, and Sen. Uh, Kaladin finished his binding, then stood. Picking up a spear, Dalit hands him... His knives had me worried there, sir. Running off like that, I knew you'd follow. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's that was, a, you, that was a highlight. You know what that is? That's a Han Solo moment. It, well, it's it's you, you know you're going into battle. This is life and death. Mm-hmm. Like this is you know life and death occupation, right? And you know that your fellow officer, your fellow soldier, your or your friend you know that they're going to be there for you. So you act in a way that puts you at great peril knowing that you're going to be there to show up to, to do this. Right. I really, I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just um, uh, the anticipation between the men. They've, they've been well-trained by Cal. Mm-hmm, and we, we mm-hmm. know this from the first chapters when we see this squad that they tell us that Cal's the one who put all this stuff into place this young kid just instinctively knew that you need to do um pincer pattern and ring pattern or you know like all this stuff you you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's fucking awesome um so they're again they're they're speaking about um light eyes guy uh this light eyes guy that they see sen even says a a shard bearer dallas says no Thank the Stormfather, just a light-eyed officer. Mm-hmm. Shardbearers are far too valuable to waste on a minor border dispute. Mm-hmm. So again, this 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 battle, maybe we didn't cover that clearly enough. This battle is, you know, is it has everything to do with, you know, light-eyes against light-eyes. Right. 
which is kind of crazy because Cal says earlier in the chapter, he says that when he joined up, he thought he'd be defending light eyes against on the borders of, uh, um, Alethkar against like, you know, Herdazians or, uh, uh, um, uh, Vaden's other non Alethis, but now he's fighting against other Alethis and he's like, this is, this is messed up. Border disputes. It's, right. Well, and especially it gets messed up because then when it comes to unite these armies against, you know, the Parshendi or whatever else, you know, then they fight with each other alongside each other. Right. Which is a messed up that thing. It's like so this, that's the competition bizarre. that we, we talked about before, right? Where they're mm-hmm. always in competition against each other, but they're on the same size. They're like frenemies. Yeah. It's just, that's a, such a bizarre relationship. I want to find the quote here where Cal says, um... Says here that these skirmishes were caused by ones like him, like this uh, silver armored um, light eyes that they're that they're eyeing, greedy miner light eyes who try yeah. to steal land, while the better men were away fighting the Parshendi. That's the one. Um, his type had far fewer casualties than the spearmen, and so the lives under his command became cheap things. So again, yeah. you know, Kaladin, Kaladin does not share this idea of life being cheap and dispensable. Mm-hmm. You know, he just, he doesn't have that in him at all. It's just not, not there. Yeah. And then he says that, uh, in like this next little part here, he says that, uh, Amram sort of stood apart from all this because he had treated Cal's mm-hmm. father so well, promising to ke- mm-hmm. keep Tien safe. And he said, and then he right. like, in the same thought, he says, but he didn't keep him safe, but no, neither did I. Right, neither did I. Mm-hmm. He likes how um, uh, Amram spoke with respect even to the lowly spearmen. Like he was Dalinar or Sadius, not this riffraff like the like uh, like uh, Rashon. These guys are real light eyes, he says. Right. I love this, this bit of dialogue here too when Dalit uh, comes up and uh, he says, Sir, like for orders. And then Kaladin says, sub-squads two and three, Prince or Patton, we're taking a Bright Lord off his throne. You sure that's wise, sir? We've got wounded. That's one of Halaw's officers. He might be the one. You don't know that, sir. Regardless, he's a battalion lord. If we kill an officer that high, we're all but guaranteed to be in the next group, sent to the Shattered Plains. Right. We're taking him. Imagine it, Dalit. Real soldiers. A war camp with discipline and light eyes with integrity a place where our fighting will mean something oh my God. you see what, what's 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 I funny so is bad that for him here i know like, it, he's it's so just deluded like he, he's so deluded but he's deluded before like right when when he was when he was thinking about becoming a soldier when he was wrestling with the idea you know surgeon soldier what am i going to be he was already under the impression that when he served under amram even in these border disputes right that it would have that it would have order and a, a a sense of honor. And of course it doesn't. So he's already disappointed. And then he has again, another hope for the future. And it's also going to be a disappointment. The only thing that hasn't disappointed him so far is, is how Amram conducts himself. Like he said here that Amram is so so far on the up and up. So far as I know. Yeah. But, that was one of my earliest predictions when I, when I was reading, you know, chapter, you know, like the first few chapters, you know, and, yeah. uh, 
when you meet Kaladin the hero and then you go to Kaladin the branded, Kaladin yeah. the prisoner, mm-hmm. you know, Kaladin the, the wretch. You know, you, hey, you, you, the wretch, you're sent to die. Right. Here's, here's <laughs> how would you be a part of Bridge fucking four? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like to go from that to that and then, but then to see him, you know, uh, develop and then now we know absorbing stormlight Mm -hmm. right so i i still am left wondering about this amaram character like at at first when when you when i you know when you when you go back and you're you're thinking uh you know he was imprisoned uh and he's cursing amaram's name like betrayal betrayal you know i I, of course i could take that at face value that amaram betrayed kaladin Mm -hmm. And, and I can take that, uh, and I can understand that. I mean, the, the behavior of light eyes has been fairly consistent. Once you get to know them, you end up hating them. Except for maybe Dalinar. Yeah. Um, however, um, part of me wonders whether or not he was sentenced to be a prisoner by Amaram in order to preserve or save Kaladin. That was my, and I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I don't know. Well, let's keep reading because we're. I mean, I mean, I either either way, I would be either way it goes, or if it goes in in a third way that Brandon, Mister Sanderson's already you know conceived and concocted. I can't wait. Um, Yeah, that's what I I have to admit. I think about Amram a lot about that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You like Amram. You got a little I bit do. of a crush on Amram. I do. I like Amram and I like Yasna. Yeah. Those two, I really, I wonder about their, you know, um, you know, their, their ability to really know what's going on and, or be ahead. Yeah. Because that's, that's kind of what I put in place or I put on Amram is, is, are you, are you ahead to know how valuable Kaladin is in XYZ, provided you value what Kaladin can do. Mm-hmm. You see, it's all based on principle and value, right. like whether or not Amaram would share. Anyways, that's a, it's yeah. probably a separate conversation. Jack and okay. Amaram up in a tree. Storm bless <laughs> I, I, N, G. Okay. So, so far in this podcast, you haven't mentioned at all that I have been drinking out of my brand new golden christmas gold, oh, golden oh i didn't mug. even notice it that looks awesome can i just be the first to tell you Stay thank golden. you for being a friend thank you for being a friend <laughs> okay um so they he decides he's going to go after this light eyes and he does yeah they're taking they're taking him down yeah and and they do and i, I don't even think the, the battle takes long no he takes him out really really quickly um, yeah almost as an afterthought yeah, yeah. It says here, the, the Bright Lord was surprisingly easy to take down. Mm-hmm. The problem with them, almost to a man, was that they underestimate dark eyes. Right. And then Perhaps he, this one had a, had a right. How many had he killed in his years? Wow. Sub-Squad 3 drew off the honor guard. Sub-Squad 2 distracted the light eyes. He didn't see Kaladin approaching from no. a third direction. The man dropped with a knife to the eye. His face was unprotected. He screamed. Mm-hmm. As he clattered to the ground, still alive, Kaladin rammed his spear down into the fallen man's face, striking him three times as the horse galloped off. Pop, pop, pop. Wow. Yeah. 
He um, immediately, Cal mm-hmm. directs one of his men to search the Light Eyes for fallen spears. And he thinks to mm-hmm. himself that looting the dead is actually against the rules, but bribing mm-hmm. the people to get young officers and the surgeons isn't cheap. So just do it. <laughs> like, just mm-hmm. take those spheres well, we yeah, needed well, for to survive. Bribes weren't cheap, he says. Yeah. No. Yeah. And now um, Cal looks up and looks on the battlefield and thinks, the, this battle's almost over. Camaram, Amaram would win. Right. This look. Yeah. This battle looks like it's fully in Amram's control now. But just yeah, like we got left at the very end of those chapters, the, the very beginning of the book, they see a shining suit of armor take the field. And remember, Cal was like, "Why right. would want someone want to fight the Almighty?" The suit of armor, yeah. the shard bearer takes the field yeah. and it's like seeing a God, a literal God take the field. And then Cal yeah. says to himself, why would anyone want to fight the almighty? Well, <laughs> I guess Cal likes to fight the almighty, I guess. Well, and Kaladin, yeah, Kaladin rages on. Yeah. So, so Turim is the one who brings this. He says, sir, Kaladin, uh, glanced back at the enemy lines. Uh, this is Turim saying, Stormfather, sir. Turm wasn't looking at the enemy lines. Kaladin spun, looking back at friendly ranks. There, bearing down through the soldiers on a horse, the color of death itself, was an impossibility. Mm -hmm. The man wore shining golden armor, perfect golden armor, as if this were what every other suit of armor had been designated to imitate. Each piece fit perfectly. There were no holes showing straps or leather. It made the rider look enormous, powerful, like a god carrying a majestic blade that should have been too big to use. It was engraved and stylized, shaped like flames in motion. Mm-hmm. Wow. Jeepers. It's awesome. Well, this is obviously this is a shard bearer coming into the battle, and it makes all of Catherine and his men very nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shard bearer breaks out of MRM's line. Well, and he's just mowing them down too. There's like, something he's important just that happens destroying. here where Cal's mm. mind refuses to acknowledge the fact that this thing is against them. This like amazing, uh, shining, uh, hero is actually on the other side. It says, uh, for right, a brief Cal, moment, yeah, right. Cal's mind refuses yeah. to acknowledge that this creature, this beautiful divinity this, could be their enemy. Yeah. The fact that the shard bearer had come through their side reinforced that illusion. So it almost looked like he was on their side and that confused Cal long enough. And that's when some people die. Sen gets trampled yeah, by Sen the uh, shard bearer. Dalit gets his head split open by the sword. Yeah. It and and it's like it says that Cal's confusion lasted just long enough for this to happen. And that's when he does the Yeah. Um insert Darth Vader no. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I mean, he uh he like he says it was all done with nonchalance, like a woman pausing to wipe a spot on the counter. Like mm-hmm. this enemy is is so powerful. Um it's just it's looking at um you know, like you're, you're, you're looking at, um, Sauron on the battlefield, blowing away, mm-hmm. uh, a- enemies with each strike of the mace, you know, like it's like going up against that only, only as you pointed out, very different because 
you're admiring this enemy. You're looking toward this enemy like, yeah, just like you said, going up against the Almighty. Yeah. And, and, may, and maybe that part of, of the shard bearers is that what the shard blades, I think it's the power behind the shard blades. What, what the shard blades should be used for is not your enemy. So that's the part that he's confused by. Mm-hmm. You know, why is this power being used against us? Right. And he says like, um, you know? this beautiful divinity, like this beautiful thing just divinity. looks like it's yeah. sent from the gods. And why would it, mm-hmm. why would the gods ever fight us? Right. Why ha- hast thou forsaken us? Yeah. So then no, it's, uh, it's good. So yeah. So Sen gets trampled. Um, big time. He actually, Cal runs over to try to help him and he's all like, he t- starts taking bandages out and he's like, what is bandages going to do? This kid's head is crushed. Right. What's a bandage going to do? Like, this is useless. And then Sen. Save, save the ones you can. He turns to Sen. The boy had fallen, taken a hoof mm-hmm. to the chest, cracking his sternum and shattering his ribs. The boy gasped, eyes upward, struggling for breath. Kaladin pulls out the bandage, and uh, yeah, he has this moment. Sen stopped wheezing. He convulsed once, eyes still open. And then Sen says something really cool here. Yep. Um, He says, he watches. The boy hissed. The black piper in the night. He holds us in his palm, playing a tune that no man can hear. So what's that? And then... The pi- this is the one black, of these death uh, quotes, right? I know, but from which from which chapter? From part one, the entirety of part one, every chapter there was a death right. quote, right? And we right. we didn't know who was collecting them. We didn't know what they were, right? And then there was a guy in Bridge Four that dies in front of everybody, and he says he has uttered this death quote. And then we're like, oh my God, it's the first time we get a death quote. And now we finally get one again. It's almost like the book or Sanderson allows us to forget about this until this moment. Right, right, right. That's so cool. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. But again, okay. So, so who collects this one then? I mean, it's Kaladin that's there collecting this one. There's no one that collects this one. It's just uttered by Sen. This isn't one of them that was recorded in our book. Oh, I thought that's what you were saying is that no, it's one that no, I've no. forgotten I'm just about saying already that this recorded. Is, I'm just saying oh, that Sen this is, has, yeah. says something strange before death that would, would have been recorded if anybody who is recording yeah. death quotes knew about it, right. this would have been one right. of them. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, hmm. it's, well, it's, yeah, it's so, awesome. It's, it's, it's really cool. It says here, um, Lindell's face. Uh, smashed in, Sin's eyes smoldered. He wasn't breathing either. Kaladin knelt in Sin's blood, horrified, as Turim and the two squads formed around him, looking as stunned as Kaladin. This isn't possible, Kaladin's saying. And then, and then Kaladin, screaming, looks up. He sees Amram's banner. Um, the shard bearer had cut through Kaladin's squad, yeah. heading straight for that banner. Right, straight uh, for spe- Amram. Straight for Amram. Spearman in disarray, screaming. Anger boils in Kaladin. Sir, mm-hmm. says Turim. Um, Kaladin picks up a spear. Um, 
They stand amidst the chaos. Um, as far as uh, Kaladin could tell, they were the only men who weren't fleeing. That's interesting. Yeah. Turim. Um, the Shardbearer had turned the ranks uh, to mush. Wow. So there's a moment here that I want to... We've talked a lot That's about um, these uh, similarities between Dalinar and Kaladin. And there's a moment here where Cal picks up the spear, shouts a war cry, and all, and just starts booking it after this shard bearer. Right. And right. all of his men follow him trying to keep pace. And there's a moment where this happens right. with Dalinar. Remember that moment when Dalinar finally decides to go on a plateau run again? And his men are like, uh, are you serious, sir? And when he right. finally gets all of his shard bl- uh, played up, Dalinar just takes off at a run. And then now all of his men are running behind him, like on their way to try to catch up. And I feel like this is right. exactly it. Like right. Cal is exactly recklessly that's... running ahead of his, gr- his men and Dalinar did the same too. It's awesome. Some of the fleeing men paused as Kaladin charges past them, but none joined. Yeah, this is the, uh, mm. this is Amram's honor guard. His honor guard, the people that are there to protect him, all run away. Yeah. Well, Amram again, it's like you said, on the field you know, now. Well, when, when, when push comes to shove, who wants to fight the Almighty? Right. No right? one does. They're all going to die. That's, no one does. No one does. All of your, all of your uh, re, you know, relationships, friendships, duty, sense of duty, out the door when you're, when you're facing a shard bearer. Mm-hmm. I like how Cal describes it as Cal's squad is going the wrong way because everyone's running the opposite way away from the shard bearer, and it feels to Cal that they're run literally running the wrong direction. Right. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, the um, um the fight here. Sorry, it's, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Were you looking for a quote? I was just going to say mm-hmm. that he was running uh, to get. Was he? He questions himself. Was he running to get vengeance? Or was he trying to protect the High Marshal? The right. only light eyes who had ever shown a modicum of humanity. or And did it matter? Yeah. Um, he says, he's Amram struggling in his bulky plate. Uh, the carcass of the horse on his leg. Yeah, so Amram's already been dismounted. Yes, the the shard bearer slices Amram's uh, horse's neck. And Amram yeah. falls to the ground and the horse falls on right. top of him. So Amram's trapped. Right. He's fucked right now. Yeah, he's done. The shard bear raises his blade in two hands to finish him off. Coming at the shard bear from behind, Kaladin screamed and swung low with the butt of his spear. Yeah. Putting momentum and muscle behind the blow, the spear half shattered against the shard bear's back leg. So again, it was a leg strike. Yeah. I remember noting this as re- and it shattered his spear. Right. Completely shattered his spear. Yeah, like, wow. But uh, it does yeah, make the, the shard, shard bear stumble. Yeah, he's surprised. Enough to take um, his um, his direction f- away from Amram. Because that's when the 20 rest of them, remaining men... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say exactly that. That Cal's men rush in, support Cal. 20 of them. And now... Remaining, and all attack crazily. They all attack him. Right. And this, I couldn't believe this. They attack him, and I think... Do they all die? Um, not like all of them. Seven of men, uh, Cal's tossed, men get cut up by the shard bear, by the shard blade uh, and die. Crazy. And then the shard bear attacks again and kills another six of those 20 men. 
So that's 13 men he kills. Literally, if we're talking D&D terms here, he yeah. he takes two yeah. rounds and he kills 13 guys. It's yeah. just like this, he swings wide with his, he does like a power attack and he and a cleave and he just swings right through yeah. these dudes. Right through. And he yeah. kills all of them. It's ridiculous. Shard blade swept out in a broad sweeping series, series of deadly right. strokes cutting through 10 of the spearmen. Kaladin yeah. was paralyzed in horror as Turim, uh, Asis, Hamel, and seven others fell to the ground, eyes burning, their yeah. armor and weapons sheared completely through. Wow, this is just so crazy. And then yeah. again, I love, I love, and again, I have to note here, because I, I was uh, noting this as I was flipping th- uh, through this, he, all the names are mentioned. Right. Like Kaladin is cycling through. You know, he's, he says mm-hmm. here, Shardbearer attacked again, killing... Raksha, Navar, and four others. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that it's dropping the names because it's. I don't know. It's indicative of. It a, makes. I, th- I think it's. They're Kaladin important to Cal, right? That's why he says these guys' names. They're important to Cal. Yeah. Yeah. But now um, that he's now that the Shardbearers literally decimated Cal's men, he's turned his back on them and he's going towards Amram again. Hmm. Yeah. No Kaladin thought, and like, this is, this no, is crazy. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, I love that. He's getting more intense. Like he's he will not accept defeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something drove him forward. All against all logic, all sense. Um. Oh, this is just crazy. Kaladin reshields. Um, His men are saying no. Reesh, a uh, survivor here, says Kaladin no. Kaladin yeah. screamed instead. The Shardbearer saw him and spun impossibly quick, swinging. Kaladin ducked under the blow and rammed the butt of his spear against the Shardbearer's knee. It bounced mm-hmm. off. But his, his men are saying, no, like, like, abandon this. Yeah. Kaladin rebounds and lunged forward, makes an, an expert thrust at his enemy's neck. The neck brace rebuffed the attack. So again, he's trying the legs, he's trying the neck. Mm-hmm. It's not working. The shard bear is like impossibly quick, Kaladin thinks. Like this yeah. guy is just so fast. And then we get um, Amaram finally being able to pull himself out from under pull the horse. Free. And he yeah. starts to drag himself away. And my mm-hmm. favorite part, one of it's not my highlight, but it's one of my highlights, is when mm-hmm. Cal thinks to himself, here, let me read, read this to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it? Kaladin skidded to a stop spinning yeah. regarding the shard bear. This creature wasn't a god. It was everything the most petty of light eyes represented. The ability to kill people like Kaladin with impunity. Every mm-hmm. suit of armor had a chink. Every man had a flaw. Kaladin thought he saw the man's eyes through the helm slit. That slit was just big enough for a dagger, but the throw would have to be perfect. He'd have to be close, deadly close. I love this so much, Jack, because he, yeah, oh, he says, dude, it's amazing. He says that it's, that the, the armor and the blade literally gives the person the ability to kill anything it wants, literally kill mm-hmm. anything it wants. And that's how yeah, light that's eyes right. think about dark eyes. I can kill any of them that I want. And I'll never suffer the consequences. I have this light-eyed armor on, this status armor right. that protects me from any of their potential attacks. And I say that with quotations, attacks. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just love this line. He wasn't a god. It was he was literally everything the most petty of light eyes represented. I love it so much. It's such a great line. Well, it, it's it's him in his mind coming to the realization, even though it's this beautiful divinity, but it isn't. Right. It's 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 something that. Uh, well, I, I think Kaladin, you know, has obviously he's he's made a decision here. I'm going to put this shard bearer in his place. Right. 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 Like I'm, and, and he's, he's thinking like his dad, okay, what are the options? Everything has a chink. Everything is solvable. Every, every wound mm-hmm. can be, or, you know, assessing the situation. And then he fought, yeah. he, he thinks about it's the, it's the isolate. It's I either, it's either accomplish that or. Hmm. Where he, he, you know, Cal thinks to himself, he's like, oh, the isolate's just big enough for my dagger. And he's like, that throw is going to have to be impossibly close and impossibly deadly. And Mm -hmm. he throws Mm -hmm. it and it misses. And it's like, it makes me think of D&D, right? Where you have this really awesome idea. Oh, I'm going to kill this guy in this way. And then you roll a one and you miss. And you're like, motherfucker, really? And this misdirection here where it's not actually the dagger that kills him, but it's the spearhead of the, the half. spear he had dagger the dagger hit the faceplate just slightly off from the right angle bouncing against the sides of the slit and ricocheting out the shard bearer cursed swinging his huge black blade at kaladin kaladin lands on his feet momentum still propelling him something flashed in the air falling toward the ground the spearhead yeah Kaladin bellowed in defiance, spinning, catch, uh, snatching the spirit from the air. It had been falling tip down, and he caught it by the four inches of the half that remained, gripping it with his thumb on the stump. He catches it in pointed. midair, dude. I know. He catches it I know, in midair. I just, and, then, and, then, and then this, I love this. Um, and the shard bearer brought his weapon around as Kaladin skidded to a stop and flung his arm to the side, slamming the spearhead right in the shard bearer's visor slit. And all mm-hmm. felt still. Like, this happened so fast, it's in one sentence, Sean. Yeah. Like, it's in, it's in one sentence. The shard bearer brought his weapon around as Calvin skidded to a stop and flung his arm to the side, slamming the spearhead right in the shard bearer's visor slit. Yeah. One sentence, and it's over. To kill a god. All felt still. Kaladin stood with his arm extended, Sharbear standing just to his right. Amramid pulled himself halfway up the side of the shallow hollow. Kaladin's spearmates stood on the edge of the scene, gawking. Kaladin stood there gasping, still gripping the halt of the spear, hand before the Sharbear's face. Yeah. Sharbear creaked, fell backward, crashing to the ground. His blade dropped from his fingers, hitting the ground at an angle and digging. This is incredible. Like, I couldn't stop reading this. This is insane. Yeah. He says, um, like, the, uh, I love how here the men are all amazed and reverent towards yeah. Cal. They're like, what yeah. did he just do? Yeah. And when well, someone asks, yeah. is he dead? Is, Amram's is he dead? like, yeah, he's dead. Because the blade would have disappeared if he was still alive. And we know that already because right. of our, right. what we've read so far. But, and I love right. this. The armor is falling off of the dead body. It starts yeah. to come apart and fall off of him. Right. You, uh, and then he's, he, uh, he is dead. Blood of my ancestors. You killed a shard bearer. Take it, Kaladin, Korob says. 
Yeah. Kaladin turns. Amaram is shocked here, right? He says, blood of my my ancestors. You killed a shard bearer. And then Cal thinks to himself, he wasn't surprised. Oddly, I'm not surprised that I was able to do it. Just exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. That's a a flex right there, eh? That's a, oh yeah. Well, it's... It's got to be that in his mind, he, 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 he's, he's always known that, you know, this isn't above him. Yeah. And that if he puts his mind to, you know, something he can, he can accomplish this. Right. It, it, which is, which is why it's so disappointing, especially now after, after reading this chapter, Storm Blessings, it's even, it's, it makes it even harder to experience the wretch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it because makes it even like, worse. This for is sure. so not you. Like you, you fought a shard bearer, and as we're about to find out, he turns down. Yeah, accepting the blade. Yeah, he says he goes to grab it, and it just felt wrong. That if he took wrong. it up, he would become like them. His mm-hmm. eyes would change, um, and the stories were right. Like he, if the stories were right, his eyes would change. Oh, dude. And this, this sword, a, this thing, yeah, goosebumps, right? It's goosebumps. Yeah, this City, is dude. a goose. Yeah, this is crazy. This is, I love this. It's like what Jeff I when Jeff it. sent me that message the other day, and he's all like, you know, coming going oh, yeah. through this book again and hearing someone new hear it for the first time or, or talk about it for the first time. He's like, it gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. and stuff. Hey, but this hey, Jeff. sword, hey, doing? <laughs> hey, Jeff. Um, this sword <laughs> is stained with the blood of his men. Yeah, and it was a treasure that men traded kingdoms for and yet it sickened mm-hmm. him it represented everything mm-hmm. he hates about the light eyes he just can't take it so he gives stain, it to Korab. yeah stain with Dal he does he says uh, it was a treasure yeah it, men traded for, uh, kingdoms for shard blades the handful of dark eyed men who had won them lived forever in song and story again he's not only he's not only <laughs> giving up um, the blade, the power, the responsibility, the ability for him to become a benevolent force for good with this power. Yeah. Um, but he also is, he's also giving up as we find out in this one little, little thing. And this, this, this was, uh, for me being interested in the bards, uh, of, of the stories, he could live forever in song and story. Yeah. As a shard bearer. And he says, no. I can't. I don't, do I don't need to be known. I don't. I don't even. I don't need to be known. Right. He just doesn't want to be that. He's, he's not interested in, in recognition. Yeah. Like there's there's no ego. There's no. You know there's no guys. Yeah. Amram's like, what are you doing? Or sorry, guy, uh, Guile. He demanded as Kaladin passed him, "What? Aren't you yeah. going to take the blade?" And he's like, "I don't want it, but I give it to my men." Yeah, it's yours, Korob. I give it to you. Crazy. What? That's it. Ahead, Amram's honor guard had finally returned, apprehensively appearing at the top of the small hollow, looking ashamed. What are you doing? Amram demanded, as Kaladin passed him. What? Aren't you going to take the blade? I don't want it, Kaladin said softly. I'm giving it to my men. Kaladin walked away, emotionally exhausted, tears on his cheeks. As he climbed out of the hollow and shoved his way through the honor guard, he walked back to the war camp alone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a great chapter. It's like, so give me a highlight amazing. of all those things that happened. What's your highlight? Oh, geez. I, boy, oh boy. I mean, obviously him turning down the blade is pretty cool. That is, the, that is the highlight. Let's talk about the chapter title, Storm Blessings. Yeah. 
Blessings from the storm. Hmm? Blessings from storm blessed. Right. He blesses Korab with the blade at the end. So you are receiving a storm blessing from storm blessed himself. From storm. Yeah. The storm ways work. There's duality here. Both can be, uh, both can be right. Storm blessings. My highlight is, we kind of already touched on it, but my highlight is the mm. way that we are re-examining history yeah. um, a second time now through different eyes. And it makes mm-hmm. me think that um, Sanderson is making us Verisitalians. We're re-examining history in a different light. You know, Ooh, Yasna like is a Verisitalian. A yeah, and she yeah. she looks back at history That's to find cool. out if there's a different way to see it. And now we're literally yeah. seeing history again differently from a different perspective. Yeah, I love that. That's that's my highlight for it there. If uh that's really cool. I love that. Introducing the idea of the Versatalian and then by showing you different perspectives in chapter reading uh at various yeah. intervals throughout the novel, you become a Versatalian. Right. Uh, right. By really proxy. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. That's super duper cool. He's so I like smart, that a man. lot. He's so good. Yeah. I mean, what's with this guy? Like, I've been wanting, of course, with him, I've been wanting to tune into his, um, you know, podcasts and all the stuff that you he's can. doing online. But of course, I can't because I got to <laughs> maintain not allowed. my... It's going to be a few years allowed. until you're so, allowed to do that. Yeah. I want to be able to, like, you know, watch, absorb the stuff about the guy because I'm trying to keep this around. Like, I got, for, for Christmas this year, I opened up a present. And what what was it? It was a hardcover copy of... Uh, the the fourth novel the rhythm of war yeah R- yeah exactly so i i can't even read the the li- like the liner of it no, i had to be like nothing. okay yep this, this is, is nice. great it but i'm putting it on my shelf like you know it's ultimately just gonna sit there ultimately you shouldn't even have <laughs> yeah. looked at the cover because just I, the cover I, I didn't i didn't i haven't analyzed the artwork i haven't okay. looked at the artwork and i haven't looked at the artwork for the other books as well okay so i've tried to keep myself preserved like you you look so at it and you enjoy focus your eyes so it's just blurry you, can, you no, literally I, can't I, see no, it no i I, I honestly, I didn't take in the artwork. I didn't. Okay, that's good. I haven't. I, the only artwork I've really absorbed is this book. And uh, and I'm, I'm trying to preserve myself to not read anything further because yeah. I don't want to spoil it. And For sure. uh, I'm pretty happy actually with the experience so far, like not reading anything. Good. I'm glad because I'm enjoying it too. Um, let's get to this next chapter so, here because our... Um, yeah, sorry. It's been no, a no, long time. Yeah, this pod's right? going to be really long if we don't. Um, so for chapter 48, yeah. Strawberry. Okay, so at the beginning, we do have a quote here. Yeah, this is another uh, one of they, uh, Yasna's um, quotes, because all these quotes in this part have all been from Yasna's book. Mm-hmm. And they it's, take uh, away the light wherever they lurk, skin that is burned. Kormshin. So we just, yeah, Kormshin, page 104. We have just experienced a number of um, soldiers dying in battle mm-hmm. in storm blessings. Yep. Their skin burned. Their eyes burned out. Their eyes burned out. Their skin doesn't necessarily get burned out, though. Mm, no, that's true. Um, um, Shalon yeah. is... Um, or sorry, did you want to talk about the quote further? No, 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 no. I, I don't know uh, what it means. It's, uh, it, that's all good. They I think take the away the light. They take away the light wherever they lurk. You know, who's taking away the light? Voidbringers? Hmm? Light eyes? 
Well, we know that uh, Yasna has been taking lots of notes on anything in history that mentions Voidbringers. Voidbringers. So it's a good chance that this is one of those. Or it could be about Urethiru because we know she's looking into that. And we know that she's looking into a couple of other things too that uh, that might kind of coexist or or might have something to do with uh, her overall uh, meaning. So Strawberry is interesting, um, is a very interesting chapter. Shalon is kind of in the best position possible because of her quick thinking in previous chapters we saw how she reacted to mm-hmm. be able to you know use the nurse's visits or sort of the um not the nurse's visit but the uh um the, the chambermaid or something like that to uh use uh, her um coming into yasna's room as a means of getting into the room to investigate the 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 the, the Faberil. um and she seizes this moment as well um when she could get caught and then slices her arm open. Right. So I wanted to talk to you about this real quick. Um, last episode, when that happened, mm-hmm. whenever she cut herself, I yeah. had uh, said that she had done it on purpose to make it look like a suicide. Remember? Right. But and that's I not don't true. think that was her. I was wrong. That wasn't her intention. That wasn't her intention. No, was it wasn't. It? She her intention no. was to she, make it look like um, the vase that had an broken had cut her. Yeah, she didn't mean right. to make it look like a um, uh, a, a suicide. suicide. It just happened that way. And I think the reason why I said that was I remember this chapter and how much she doubles mm-hmm. down on the story of suicide that she decides right. to take kind of take it into herself and make it true so that this way it helps mm-hmm. her. That's why I mm-hmm. remembered her thinking I better pretend like I was making myself commit suicide. So my apologies. Right. I was wrong last episode. No, that's fine. Uh, well, yeah. I, again, I, I, I like the fact that, that Shalon, I, I both like and dislike it because when, when you first get to in, introduce the character, you know, she's, she's young, she's beautiful, she's talented, she's artistic. I love that. I love the fact that she's, you know, drawing and she has mm. this amazing ability to take pictures and draw them in ways that are, are unprecedented. People admire the artwork and, you know, but then you find out that, you know, whoa, 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 she's a, she's a thief. She's after something to protect her family. Mm. She's capable of great feats of manipulation and deception. Like her ranks in those, in those skills are off the charts. Yeah. And, and she uses them. She, she, in the moment changes her plan. Instinctively like, she uses them. She whoa, doesn't even think like about that's, how do I go about doing this? She just does it. She acts, right? right? She reacts and acts. Hmm. So she's well, sitting- here she is in, in a Carbranthian hospital, yeah. being treated really for her wounds, but also being kind of sequestered and protected for for for, for suicide. For good, I mean, yeah. she's she's under she's under lock and key. However, it does appear that being a victim, or rather, being a a suicide case, it it almost you know. Um, gives her a way out of here right to go back home yeah she she tells them that uh she tells the nurses and the artists that she um fell out of bed but they don't believe her and nobody she's super embarrassed that everyone thinks she committed suicide but at least Mm -hmm. they don't know that she soul casted and that's the main thing is being able to Mm -hmm. cover up her soul casting so yeah she's in bed right now and she's uh sketching and uh she's been Mm -hmm. in the hospital for two days and she yeah. says that in her sketches, the creatures that were in her room before are in these sketches in the hospital. They're here with her. 
Yeah. She'd done several yeah, drawings that, in the hospital room. The creatures lurked in her sketches, staying at a distant edges of the room. Their presence mm-hmm. made it difficult for her to sleep, but she was slowly growing accustomed to them. Like, how fucked up is that? No, that hang on. Is she, is she, hang on. Is she seeing them in reality or is she only no, she's seeing only them on seeing the page? them in her sketches. Yeah, Un- she's only seeing them in the sketches. Unconscious in the sketches. Yeah, it's so creepy. Yeah. Like, this, yeah. this whole introduction, this whole, uh, 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 uh <laughs> Ad- advent to her um her story uh experience is so creepy it, it's yeah it's i know the stuff of of a horror film i mean in terms of using this again i gotta say like to visualize this into a tv show or movie series or something it would just be incredible it's just yeah. uh it's so to, visual, which to is me, why the scary I, I love part this uh, is that yeah yeah uh, that shalon has gotten used to it do you know what I mean? Like she's been doing yeah, this. She's been sketching for two days well, and they're always around her and she's kind of growing accustomed to it. She says, holy jeez, really? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Uh, they, uh, it's like I said, it made it hard to sleep, but, uh, the, the, the um, the, the good thing is that no one's looked in her safe pouch. It seems like her secret is right, safe. Right. Which right. is great. Um, she mm. wasn't allowed to leave. The suicide, like you said earlier, the suicide attempt gave her a perfect reason to return home now. Love, love this though. The king, we get to know a little bit more about, about the king. Yeah. Yes, we get to learn about Taravangian. I love that he's devoted to helping people that are sick. He's, he's visiting the, the hospitals like quite often. Right. Spending time with people that are hurting. I really, I really like this about this character. Right. I, I didn't expect, I didn't expect that to be, it's almost like, <laughs> like, I mean, to make it a regular part of a king's life experience, mm-hmm. that is different. Yeah. You know, we, we, we all, we all know about people, celebrities, whatever yeah. people in positions of power, they'll, they'll visit, right. spend time and get their, get for their a photo, photo op. Whatever. Yeah. But this is, he's living it. Yeah, he's dedicated his whole life to doing this, right? Like. To building these hospitals and maintaining yeah. them and then going and spending time with the patients. Yeah, his his whole thing went up in my books. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I really like that, that, uh, there's, um, that aspect. There's a, something here before we get to his visit. Um, she oh, okay, also yeah. sketches the strange place she had gone to. Right. But she couldn't tell Yasna what she had seen in case it let Yasna know that she had soul cast. And because she's not, still not sure if the two are connected. So she wants right. to make sure that Yasna doesn't know anything about it. So she can't really, she has to keep these sketches secret. Secret. Yeah. There's an ardent that's hanging out nearby her, watching her so she doesn't hurt herself. And, um,. Shalon thinks it's funny because she's like, I'm not going to hurt myself, but okay. <laughs> if it sells, mm-hmm. if it sells the story, that's good. She says um, here a little earlier too, that in the hospital, her every need was seen to, but, but, uh, she could not leave. It reminded her of being home on her father's estates more and more. That frightened her as much as the symbol heads did. Right. She, she had tasted independence and she didn't want to go back to what, uh, she had been coddled, pampered and displayed. Mm-hmm. I really, uh, again, it's the, it's the journey of this character. It's the, um, um, the, the transformation. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really cool. 
She's uh, mm-hmm. she's such a, a big character now. She's just so great. I love that, that it's frightening. Like, you're experiencing these strange figures, these symbol, um, with these, with these strange symbols, and they're, they're, they're like specters in her life. Mm-hmm. And that, that would terrify me. Like, I, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be, well, actually, or maybe I would become accustomed to them and be like, mm, yeah. okay, and they're just, there you go. But for her to say that she, um, she is afraid of them less than going back to the way her life was. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like it's almost, I, I don't know. I almost feel like she's not going home. Yeah. I mean, well, well actually there's events that, yeah. So, place uh, in Strawberry, yeah, so. exactly. So there's, um, let me read this part here. She's like, um, it's kind of informative for us, for our thing. It says, uh, she turned to the mm-hmm. last of the day's sketches. It depicted one of the symbol heads. No eyes, no face, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just that jagged alien symbol with points like cut crystal. They had to have something to do with soul casting, didn't they? I visited another they place, she to. thought. Okay. I think, I think I spoke with the spirit of the goblet. Did a goblet of all things have a soul? Upon mm-hmm. opening her pouch to check on the soul caster, she found that the sphere capsule the capsule had given her had stopped glowing. She could remember a vague feeling of light and beauty, a raging storm inside her. She'd taken the light from the sphere and given it to the goblet, the spren of the goblet, as a bribe to transform. Was that how soul casting worked? Or was she just struggling to make connections? This is a really, really, really important part. Yeah. Here. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of giving us an idea, or at least it's an idea of what she thinks she did. We don't know if that's necessarily how it works yet, but this is what she's able to devise of what happened. I love that. She had taken the light of the sphere and she had given it to the goblet. To the goblet. Mm -hmm. Did a goblet have a soul? I I just love that. It's so great. So then Taravangian shows up. This is really cool. Right, Teravangian shows up like you said, and he's visiting all the um, the patients. He apologizes for not having visited earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the he, spren. I of like the, I'm going to go back to that. This, the the yeah. spren of the goblet. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. The spren of the goblet. The spren of the goblet occurring occurring because it would be infused with light with stormlight. She'd taken the light from the sphere and given it to the goblet. Which, the spren and the light in the of sphere. the goblet. The light in the sphere is stormlight. Right. That's what gathers in the spheres. Mm-hmm. And that's she gave it absorbed. to so, the goblet, to the spren of the goblet, as a bribe to transform. And it transformed into blood, right? Because that's what, where all the blood came from, which is why she had to cut herself. So she turned the goblet into blood. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Super yeah, dramatic is, pause is, here. It's 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 pretty big. That's a pretty yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so he um so Shalon tries to convince the king to let her leave the hospital. And he's like, No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like he isn't having it at all. Right. She says that she was just overworked. She's much better now. He says, Well, you're gonna have to stay for a, a, at least a few more days. A few more um, days, yeah. 
Yeah. And then she's like, well, can I ha- at least have visitors? But and he's like, I- yeah, that's a good idea. I'll let you have yeah. some visitors. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, as it turns out. <laughs> as it turns out, there's <laughs> not, someone outside waiting for you. <laughs> Maybe not a great idea. Well, Yasna, I, love this, I, I, I like this. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, that it, I, I like the fact that, that the king, um, you know, comes and, uh, you know, he says, uh, uh, I have, or she says, I have been missing my family greatly. Perhaps I should return to them, which of course is her way out. This is amazing. Right. And he says, an excellent idea. I'm sure the Ardents will be more likely to release you if they know you'll be going home. Right. Um, this world, it is a tempest sometimes, but remember the sun always rises again. Yeah, it's nice. I feel like that's foreshadowing, uh, from this king. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm right, but I feel that it is. Uh, thank you, Your Majesty. Uh, the king moves away, and then, of course, I, I, I just like I like this how it doesn't take very long. And then Yasna, Yasna, okay, she's she's my girl. She's my girl. She's waiting outside for her, dude. She's waiting. She doesn't wait for anybody. No, it's huge. But she's waiting for Shalon. Yeah, yeah. It's important, it's man. Huge. She's become connected to this young thief. Yeah. Who, I mean, I still think, I still think, I don't know, maybe mistakenly, I still think that Yasna knows about it. Okay. But that's because I believe that Yasna is ahead of the game. I feel like she's ahead on, 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 on this chess game. Yeah. But she, but she might not be. It could be that the thief really has pulled out a fast one and Yasna didn't see it coming. It's It's possible. It's very possible. It's possible. Um, Yasna says to Shalon but, that she uh, she had been told that her teaching style was tough and that this was one of the mm-hmm. reasons why she refused to take wards, that she was just too tough on her wards. And <laughs> so mm-hmm. Yasna is legit trying to apologize without saying the words, I'm sorry here, right. which is actually very yeah. human <laughs> of her because everyone of never her, yeah. likes to say the words, I'm sorry. I apologize for my weakness, brightness, uh, Shalon says. And then Yasna says, I, I did not mean to suggest fault in you, child. I was a- attempting the opposite. Unfortunately, I'm unaccustomed to such behavior. Right. Apologizing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then she says, you need to, uh, yeah. you need, in order to be able to apologize properly, you need to make many mistakes. And Yasna, you don't make them often. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. I lo- that's so, so it makes, great. She's like, she's saying to her, it makes sense why you're horrible at apologizing. You're, n- you're never wrong. <laughs> you, you never you're never do wrong. anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And then Yasna says to her, she's like, the king told me you're leaving. And he's, and she's like, oh, did he? Damn it. <laughs> like, I, right. Yeah. The king, the king already has told her leaving, right? So, cause y- yeah. y- Yasna was outside. Um, there's a quote here where, um, Yasna gives her, um, a really big compliment. Um, I should think, Yasna said, that apology is an art of which we should, we could use a few more masters. Yes. Is that, is that the part? Yeah. yeah. She says, I'm sorry, Shalandavar. In overworking you, I may have done the world a disservice and stolen from it, it's, uh, from it yeah. one of the great scholars of the rising generation. What a great compliment. Like. Yeah. Yeah, from her. She sees yeah. in her as being one of the greats of her of her generation, which is awesome. Shalon blushed, feeling more foolish and guilty. Shalon's eyes flickered to her mistress's hand. 
Yasna wore the black glove that hid the fake. In the fingers of her safe hand, Shalon grasped the pouch holding the soulcaster. If Yasna only knew. Yasna took the book from beneath her arm and set it on the bed. This is for you. And this is the uh, the book of endless pages. Yeah. I really like this uh, this too. thing. Book of blank pages. Um, I'm pretty sure it's not endless. I love this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Shalon flips to the last page. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love, she's just great. Looking for spoilers. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just looking for, you know, mm. I don't know. Yasna yeah. tells her that um, she has, she, that Shalon's allowed to be scholarly metaphor. and keep her Voran beliefs. And that the better, best way of doing that is to seek out the de- devotory of uh, sincerity. And they believe mm-hmm. that the almighty, they believe in the almighty, but that they're guided by the belief that there is always more answers to be found. That Voronism right. isn't the end all and be all of the answers. It's handy right. to have, but that there are always questions to ask. And so this way, Shalon can be a scholar and still be religious at the same time, which is really, really cool. She says mm-hmm. that the book was given to her as a way of trying to convince Yasna to become part of that de- de- devotery. Um, but obviously yeah. Yasna's like, fuck you and your gods. Yeah. No, this is really, really cool. This devotery is a place where one is never penalized for questions. So that's perfect for someone like Shalon mm-hmm. and for some, well, and even someone like, uh, like Yasna, even if it's challenging the Voronism's own tenets. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems interesting to me that given the event, if Yasna believes the suicide thing is real, she is encouraging, um, her, uh, ward to participate in an element of religion religious mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting i like here she that's says um yasna says you will find wise men in any religion shalon and good men in every nation those who truly seek wisdom are those who will acknowledge the virtue of their adversaries and who will learn from those who disabuse them of error all others heretic mm-hmm. Vorin, Jesper, Machian are equally closed-minded. I love this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do too. And then Sh- Shalon yeah, says he's wrong. Really and she's like, who? She's like, well, Capsule. He he said that you were, he says you're searching for the, the, vor- the, the, vor- the bird bringers. Yeah. Right. Because you want Wanting to, to prove, prove that, that Voronism, Voronism is, is false. false. Right. And I love what, I love her response here. She says, I would not dedicate four years of my life to such an empty pursuit. It's idiocy to try to prove a negative. Yeah. Let the, let the Voren believe as they wish. The wise among them will find goodness and solace in their faith. The fools would be fools no matter what they believe. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. I love it. So good. And then that's when Capsule shows up. He's all like, Hey, it's me, Capsule. Remember the guy that you <laughs> flirted Strawberry. with and stuff? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is this is interesting. Um um so when so when he comes in um it, it's it's strange because of course he he brings bread and jam. Mm-hmm. Hence the title strawberry. And yeah. that is what he has and she's like, "Well, I've never heard of it strawberry. It's exce- it's exceedingly rare. Yasna knows that it's yeah. exceedingly rare." Like most plants from Shinovar, it can't grow other places. Right. And we know that because Shinovar is surrounded by mountains. It's in this tiny valley. And so the high storms mm-hmm. actually can't get to it. So strawberry plants can grow there. They don't get ripped up by high storms. Right. Um, and then he says, so oh, he it was manages, the end of he, that you didn't like jam. 
but uh, Yasna's like, I, I didn't, uh, I don't like jam, but I'm curious about the scent. Yeah, so she smells it, and then she th- she thinks it smells repulsive. Is that right? Or yeah, she um she smells it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I drove you to suicide. Here's some bread. <laughs> yeah, I love oh, that God. too. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. Of course, I'll have some. Shalon says, and uh, she will too. I was. Uh, it was very kind of you, Capsule. This is uh, Shalon uh, speaking. Uh, she took the bread, breaking off a chunk for Capsule, one for herself, then one for Yasna. No, Yasna says thank you. Point of order here. Sorry, point of order. Yasna mm-hmm. does not think it mm-hmm. smells bad yet. Oh, she doesn't? Okay. No. Capsule looked surprised as Yasna removed the lid, dipped her finger into the jar. She hesitated, then raised a bit of the jam to her nose and sniffed at it. I was in the impression that you didn't like jam. And she says, I do. I, I, I dislike jam. I was simply curious about the scent. I've heard the strawberries are very distinctive. Then she screwed the lid back on and wiped her finger, which had the jam on it, on her cloth uh, of her handkerchief. Right. So, so she hasn't this is remarked what makes about me... its smell at all. I know, it's but later. come on. She's going to great lengths here. She, 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 she's not even tasting it. No. Which is what makes me very suspicious. So, um... He brought bread. It's fluffy. So he brings the bread. Um, no, Yasna says, thank you. Uh, Yasna, Shalon says, would you please at least try some? It, it bothered her that the two of them got on so poorly. Yeah. Okay, so she's uh, she, 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 almost trying to, you know, make amends here. Yeah, so. Between um, Capsule and. Yeah, Shalon breaks some bread, offers some to Yasna. Oh, very well. Yasna declines, and then Shalon insists, and Yasna sighs, and she takes it. And then they're now all eating bread together. You should really try the jam, Capsule right. said to Shalon. Strawberry is hard to find, and I had to make quite a number of inquiries. No doubt bribing merchants with the king's money, Yasna notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, brightness, Yasna, I realize that you are not fond of me, but I'm working very hard to be pleasant. Could you at least pretend to do likewise? Ooh, that's pretty brave of him to say. Yeah. Um, Yasna eyed Shalon, probably recalling Capsule's guess that undermining Warrenism was the goal of her research. She didn't apologize, but also made no retort. Good enough, Shalon thinks. The jam, Shalon, Capsule says handing her a slice of bread for it. Oh, right. So he's so she he says, the try the jam again. Right? Mm-hmm. I like the fact that all of this is just over bread and jam. Yeah. That the text is, you know, I can just so imagine that this is just this slow kind of moment, like, where time kind of stops. It's just this innocent little mm-hmm. event, which, of course, turns out to be uh, so see, She removes huge. the lid of the jar. Capsule asks Shalon if she missed her ship. Yes, and I was like, what? What do you mean, Mister Ship? And Shalon has to admit right. that you know she was already planning on leaving. I was thinking, right? But uh, Yasmin does, doesn't seem surprised by this. No, I suppose it was to be expected, all things considered. The jam, yeah. And then Capsule, Capsule says, "Hey, have some jam again." And Shalon's like, "Why is he being so insistent about the jam?" Then Shalon smells the jam, and it smells terrible. It smells like vinegar and slime. What? Capsule said, alarmed. He took the jar, sniffing at it, then pulled away, looking nauseated. It appears you got a bad jar, Yasna says. That's not how it's supposed to smell. Not at all, mm-hmm. Capsule said. He hesitated then st- and stuck his finger into the jam anyway, shoving a large glob into his mouth. Right. Capsule, Shalon says. That's revolting. He coughed, but forced it down. Yeah, he's got to choke it down. 
You, sh you should try it. What? Really, he said, forcing it uh, toward her. I mean, I wanted this to be special for you, and it turned out so horribly. I'm not tasting that, Capsule. He hesitated, as if considering forcing it upon her. Why was he acting so strangely? He raised a hand to his head, stood up and stumbled away from the bed. Yeah. And he began to rush from the room. He made it only halfway before crashing to the floor, his body sliding a little way across the spotless stone. Yeah. Capsule, Shalon said, leaping out of bed, hurrying to his side, wearing only the white robe. He was shaking, and so was she. Yeah. The room was spinning. Suddenly, she felt very, very tired. She tried to stand, but slipped dizzy. She barely felt herself hit the floor. Some, so yeah. it appears that both of these characters have now been poisoned and, and you've got, so you've got one character, you've got Capsule who brought it in, mm -hmm. Capsule who is insistent that, that all three of them try it. He was insistent so, for Shalon to have the jam. He was, but then when, when Yasna says that's not how it's supposed to smell, he tries it himself. Hmm. He puts a big glob of it in his mouth. Right. So he wants her to try it, but again, are, is it because he wants to poison her, or is he just trying to get her to try it because he went to great lengths to get it? Right. And he wants this to be a, you know, a special moment, but it's going south, and there you have it. And also you've got a character, Yasna, who, uh, who is pretty much going to great lengths to not taste it at all. Right. Not taste the jam. But why? Yeah, but, but, but why? It's rare. Capsule showing up in good faith. You know, men's, uh, you know, tr trying to mend fences here or, you know, it's just, it's a moment that seems kind of odd. I mean, if you're, a, if you're, if you're a zealous health nut and you don't want to eat sugar, mm -hmm. okay, I, I, get I get it. But in this moment, like your, your ward has committed suicide. It's a big, it's a big moment mm -hmm. for her, for Shalon and Yasna to, you know, get through this, make amends, whatever. It just seems kind of odd that Yasna would refuse. That's all I'm saying. Right. Let me uh, let me read the rest of this part here to you. Someone was kneeling yeah, above ahead. her, cursing. Yasna. Her voice was distant. She's been poisoned. I need a garnet. Bring me a garnet. There's one in my pouch. Shalon thought. She fumbled with it, oh. managing to untie her safe hand sleeve. Why? Why does she want? But no, I can't show her that. The soul caster. So she's like, kind of like mm -hmm. drunkenly going to show her the soul yeah, caster lucid. and realizes I can't do it. Her mind was so fuzzy. Shalon, Yasna's voice said, anxious, very soft. I'm going to have to soul cast your blood to purify it. It will be dangerous, extremely dangerous. I'm not good with flesh or blood. It's not where my talents lie. Mm -hmm. She needs it to save me. Weakly, she reached in because Shalon is like, she's going to try to soul cast me without the proper soul caster. She needs it to right. save me. She's talking about the Soulcaster now. Weakly, she reached in and pulled out her safe pouch in her right hand. You can't. Hush, child. Where's that garnet? You can't Soulcast, she says weakly. Shalon says weakly, pulling the ties of her pouch open, upending it, vaguely seeing a fuzzy golden object slip out onto the floor alongside the garnet that Capsule had given her. Stormfather, why was the room spinning so much? Yasna gasped distantly fading something happened a flash of warm warmth burned through shallan something inside mm -hmm. her skin as if she had been dumped into a steaming hot cauldron she screamed arching her back her muscles spasming 
all went black. So who the hell knows what all that means, but something I don't was know happening. what it Yeah, she says it you sounds can't like Yasna tried to soul cast she, her blood to purify the poison out, which is what she said she was gonna Stormfather, do. Stormfather, why was the room spinning? Yasna gas distantly fading. Something happened. Flash of warmth burned through Shalon. Something happened. So this is it. It's something happens to her. Something happened to Shalon. And and it and it hasn't been described that Yasna has has gone into the safe pouch. No. But she doesn't have to go into the safe pouch because Shalon dumps everything out on the floor. Oh yeah, right. So she so Yasna oh, yeah, will right. see yeah, that yeah, there's yeah. a soul So it's all uh, yeah, this is uh, <laughs> Well, needless to say, this is amazing. Um, you know, the game is up. Yeah. Uh Shalon is completely out in the open to capsule to Shalon if if capsule survives um which i don't know i'm gonna wait till we get we'll the see. rest of the chapters done we'll see, yeah uh what's your highlight Buddy, of this chapter oh the highlight of the chapter oh it's got to be the king yeah yeah i really really like love uh, the terror well i just i just i really enjoyed uh imagining a king being involved with a hospital yeah. and and visiting the the you know the 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 weak the the people struggling with disease or injury or whatever. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, I really like that about his character. I like learning that about his character. Mm -hmm. That was the highlight. I mean, like, like the strawberry, the poisoning. I mean, all of this with Yasna. Oh, and Yasna waiting out the door. Yeah, that's, that's my highlight. That's, that's a big You're deal. like, oh, she does that's... care. <laughs> How cute. I know, but you know what though? Yeah, she does care, but why? Why does she care? It's either real and genuine. Like she's fallen. Like, it seems to me that 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 Shalon and Yasna have fallen for each other. Mm -hmm. And I really, really, really like mm -hmm. that. However, if it's more complicated than that, then, you know, why has Yasna fallen for Shalon? Right. Is, you know, Shalon, or sorry, Yasna appears to be the kind of woman who is, you know, 50 moves ahead. Is Yasna using Shalon? to service some other goal. Mm -hmm. It might just also be nice to have someone around to, to research with and have company. She seems to be a very lonely, powerful, amazing, confident, beautiful person mm -hmm. who spends a lot yeah. of her time alone. So, um, yeah, you know, what's does. not alone is info dump. The info dump's never alone because there's always dump. more than just one. This... This is a long one. We, we can't have a long info No, it's not a long this, one. This We've long covered podcast. most of it. The glyphs, Merim right. and Kak, uh, honor and mm -hmm. determination, are completely uh, um, symmetrical. They're palindromes, so M-E-R-E-M -E mm -hmm. and K-H-A-K-H. -K -H. So they're, yet again, evidence of uh, some of this um, these palindromes that we keep seeing in this story. Um, Cal tells Dalit to raise the red banner during the fight. The red banner seems to indicate that someone's injured nearby. So that lets these, mm -hmm. um, these surgeons that he's already paid off to come no. and help the injured. Um, mm -hmm. we, we already talked about ring pattern and pincer pattern, these different like tactical formations, which I really, really love. It, uh, makes me think of, um, wind stance and smoke stance, these like actual technical combat things, the, uh, uh, terms that I really like that you really like as well. Mm-hmm. 
And then the last one was strawberries can't grow anywhere, but in Shinovar, we already covered that. So it's a very, very yeah. quick info dump, but um, I always have to say the words info dump. It's We're contractually obligated to, to actually have an info <laughs> dump. So the last couple cool. episodes when we didn't have one, we got sued by, um, by big info dump. So... <laughs> <laughs> by big info by dump. The, uh, big info dumps. Um, yeah, so maybe there'll be a larger info dump next time when we read chapters. What are what are we doing next? Uh, we're doing we're doing the last uh, three chapter chapters. Chapter forty nine. All three. 49, 50, 51. Yeah, they're very small. All three okay, of them are very well, small. I chapters. can't wait. Yeah, me too. I can't wait, man. I they're gonna be can't good wait. Um, if you can't wait to support the show, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash heroes of and uh, support the show directly. If you want to support in other ways, you can always rate and review anywhere you find the ability to, or you can tell all your friends to listen to the show as well. We would love to have more earballs with our voice balls. Wait, that sounded gross. Um, if you want to reach out to the show, you could always email us at heroesofcathra at gmail.com. You can reach out on Twitter at Heroes of One or on Instagram at Heroes of Hecathra. Um, we are also on the, uh, the Facebook and the Storm Pod. I am also lurking on the Stormlight Archive uh, fan page there quite often. You'll see me on there commenting and, and chatting with the, the folks. Um, anyways, uh, we uh, love you very much. Thank you very much for listening. It is our Christmas season. It won't be yours for probably a couple of months while you listen to this. But uh, <laughs> thank you very much for everything you've done for us this year. The, the listens and the love that we receive online is amazing. So from Jack and I, thank you very much and Merry Christmas to your family. Or happy holidays. Yes, Merry Christmas, everybody. You don't celebrate Christmas. <laughs> um, and uh, anyways, Jack, uh, we'll do this again soon. Take care, everybody. Take care. StormPod is brought to you by Heroes Of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, Jay, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra. 